Good morning, everybody. We are so excited to have you join us for worship. Whether you're here live with us or whether you're joining online, we would like to say good morning. In Psalm 27, the psalmist wrote, I would have fainted had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The next scripture says, don't be weary in doing good, don't faint. So if you're joining us, if you're here, that has let us know that you have not fainted. And I wanna also encourage you from the Psalm, I'm gonna invite you to go ahead and stand up. The Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So we invite you to worship with us. Let us exalt the name of the Lord together and give him the due praise that he deserves. Let us worship together. Everybody come to give God some praise this morning. Lord, we love you, we love you, we love you. You got it so simple. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You know it. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Hallelujah. Say, I want to see you. Open the eyes, say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Hey. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Come on, say, say, I want to see you. To see you, to see you. I lift it up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out, pour out the power and love as we sing holy to see, to see you. I Oh, my heart. 
church service just like this service was amazing I went home got into the driveway and all of us for the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden a spirit of heaviness came on me nothing was wrong and I started having all these thoughts of depression and woe is me and what's my life everything was fine but I couldn't shake it it was like a blanket and it went on for quite a while to the point where I began to cry I'm like what in the world is going on and then pause real quick, one second. Chuck, just play softly. I started hearing this song in my spirit. And the Lord, and this is what I heard. Satan's going to burn in the lake of fire. Oh, yes, he is. I never heard it before. I heard, Satan's going to burn in the lake of fire. Oh, yes, he is. And then I heard, Satan's going to burn in the lake of fire. Satan's going to burn in the lake of fire. Satan's going to burn in the lake of fire. Oh, yes. And the Holy Ghost said, sing it out. And I said, well, okay. Satan's going to burn. And as I begin to sing it out, I saw that. I said, God, what was that? He said, the demon that was messing with you didn't like being reminded of where he was headed. This is how I find my battle. It's spiritual warfare. This is how I find my battle. You can't just let the devil just beat up on you. Hallelujah. You got to say, come on. This is how I find my battle. We're going to lift it up one more time. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is how I find my battle. I find, I find, I find, I find, I find. This is how I find my
they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We are fighters. It says the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but he that endures to the end. If you are still here, you got to stir up in you some fight. All you have to do is say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You may not be spoken to by the Holy Spirit in song, and you may not have a scripture committed to your memory, but it warns as at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, every demon shall bow, every situation shall bow, every depression shall bow, every sickness shall bow at the name of Jesus. And this is how we fight. So if only the only weapon you have is the name, that is enough. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you think enough of us to come and visit us. Lord, we ask that you stay with us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power that is changing lives in this moment. It is not Converge Church. It is not Ray and Wendy Harmon. But it is by the Spirit of the living God that chose to come to McKinney, Texas this morning, that chose to visit his people this morning. And it is your spirit that we honor, oh God. We thank you for your son. We ask that you stay with us. We look forward to the word of encouragement you have already prepared to go before us for our week. Lord, we thank you that we may have come in with only one weapon, and that is just a show up. But Lord, just because we showed up, whether it's in our living room online or whether it's here in person, Lord, you're putting some more tools in our toolbox. So all we had was a show up. Now we've got the name of Jesus, and then we're going to receive the word. Then we're going to have fellowship. So, oh God, we thank you that this is a filling station. We thank you that we have come to get full. And we didn't gather just to keep it to ourselves. We've gathered this week to scatter, to go and tell someone, come and hear about a man that knew everything about me and still loved me. So, Lord, we thank you that before today you had already called us to be warriors. And because of today, you are polishing our armor that the weapons of our warfare shall be subject to your name. Lord, we commit this service to you. We commit this house to you. We commit this worship to you. And we ask that you have your way, Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this place. We thank you for a space to sit with you. Yes, Lord. We love you so much, Jesus. It is in your precious, mighty, everlasting, yoke-destroying. Come on. Come on. Redemptive, loving, peaceful, generous, kind, fatherly name that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, let's lift that up to the Lord this morning. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, lift up your voices to the Lord. Father, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Bless your name. There is no other name. There is no other name. There is no other name. No other name strong. No other name strong. 
chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 declare that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That means when we go to war, we don't go to war with M16s and AR-15s we go to war with weapons of warfare that are not of this world and Jesus said it this way, my house will be called a house of prayer there are situations and circumstances you will encounter on this side of heaven that have absolutely no human solution. They require divine intervention. And the way we access divine intervention and the power of God is through the vehicle of prayer. And Jesus said, my house, my church will be called a house of prayer. In fact, this morning, we're kicking off seven days of prayer and fasting. Amen. That's good news this morning, Convert Church, because three years ago to this month, September of 2019, during a similar season of fasting and prayer, God spoke to my heart and spoke to Pastor Wendy's heart concerning our church. At the time, it was City Church. It was a season where it seemed like uh, for those of you who drive uh, stick shift vehicles, right, that, that, that transmission will let you know when it's time to shift. There was something on the inside where we were hearing this grind. You, you, know, you know you're supposed to upshift, downshift. That clutch will tell you you're supposed to do something because something is happening to this transmission right now. We felt a similar impression in our hearts. And during that season of prayer, the Lord began to speak to us concerning not just a name change because it was more than a name change. He wanted to relaunch and rebirth the work that we had been doing. Up until that time, it had been about seven or eight years. Listen to me. After we obeyed God, the illogical instruction he gave us during a season of prayer and fasting, we relaunched as Converge Church. And less than three years later, we're standing in this miracle called 1611 Wilmoth Road. What am I saying? What am I saying? As we kick off seven days of prayer and fasting, Pastor Wendy and I believe that God wants to do in our church individually, listen to me, individually, what he has already done for our church corporately. God wants to do a notable miracle in your life. There's an open heaven, listen to me, there is an open heaven over our church in this season. I don't say it lightly. I don't say it to manipulate you or to hype you up. The scripture says, in the time of the latter rain, ask for rain. What does that mean? It simply means when it's the season of rain, 
you ought to ask God for rain. That means if this is a season of favor where God is doing notable miracles, you ought to ask him for a notable miracle. And over the next several days, we believe that God is going to do just that. Pastor Wendy and I are going to lead you in prayer, and then we're going to ask Kevin and the team to come back. Uh, but about two weeks ago, I was praying for our church, Monica. And I just saw this image of people writing prayer requests and bringing them to the altar. I've always been careful to obey God, not only in the things that I understood, but also in the things that made absolutely no sense. It's like Noah building a boat for 40 years before the rain. Sometimes obedience to God will make you the laughing stock. Because obedience to God is not always popular. It's not always comfortable or convenient. And I just saw our congregation, people are writing these prayer requests and bringing them. So this is what we're about to do, and we're going to continue in prayer momentarily. But I want to invite you. Listen to me. I want to invite you to engage your faith with a God who is faithful and a God who is loving and who is kind, who only wants what's best for you. And, and simply acknowledge that, God, if you did this for our church, maybe you can also do it for me. So when you came in, the usher should have given you an envelope. Did everybody receive an envelope? I think we did one per family. If we missed you, uh, Dalvin is in the house. Lift up your hand. Raise your hand. We want to get an envelope to you. And this is what we're going to do as a simple act of faith and obedience. Inside that envelope, listen to me, Converge. Inside that envelope is a prayer request card. We want you to simply write your prayer request, whatever it is. No matter how big, listen to me, no matter how small. And I want you to hear this. If it's small enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. And so this morning, you're going to exchange your worry for prayer. If it's small enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. So I want you to take that card. And listen to me, uh, ushers, I don't know if people have pens. Uh, Dalvin is over there uh, raising his hands. Let's get some more ushers with pens. Raise up your hand if you need an envelope, a prayer card, or a pen. And we're going to continue in worship momentarily. But this is what I saw. And you can keep it anonymous. Nobody needs to know your business. But over the next seven days, I will be here in this sanctuary praying over those prayer requests. Joining my faith, Pastor Wendy, joining our faith with yours for a notable miracle in your life. Uh, uh, in fact, if you need to be seated, you can be seated so you can fill out that prayer card. And this is what we're going to do because the worship team is going to come back. And as they sing, listen to me, as they sing, I'm telling you, no matter how big, no matter how small, God cares for where you are. You can leave it anonymous. Nobody needs to know what your prayer request is. And after you have completed filling out that card, listen to me, Converge. We want you to seal that envelope. Seal that envelope so nobody else will see what you're asking God to do in your life. And then we're going to ask you to simply put something on that envelope that will let you know, oh, that's my envelope. Because we're going to invite you to bring that prayer request and take that push pin. Listen to me. That push pin in that envelope. And you're going to attach your prayer request 
to this cross. You're going to attach your prayer request to this cross. And listen to me. Over the next several weeks, in fact, let me, let me back it up. Over the next several days, over the next several weeks, even months, we're trusting God that these requests and petitions you lift up to God, that you nail to this cross because of the finished work of the cross, that God will do a notable miracle in your life. And this is what we will do. So that you will know that we serve a God who still answers prayers. As he answers those prayers, we will invite you and your family to take your prayer requests off and testify of what the Lord has done. Listen to me. Listen to me. Your prayer request today is going to become a praise report. Not because of Ray Harmon. Not because of Wendy Harmon but because of a God who is faithful, who has given us a word in this season that there is more. There is more. More than you can ask or imagine. More than your eyes have seen. More than your ears have heard. More than what has entered into your heart in this season. We're trusting God for that, Pastor Wendy. Yes. If you've never trusted God for something before, we don't want you to feel like, okay, I'm going to write this thing down, and by Wednesday, it's going right. to be done. Right. And we want to encourage you to watch your words as you are extending your faith. Amen. And I'm going to give you a small example of that. Uh, some of the people that are closest to us know this story. You all know that I've gone back to teaching after 17 years. Well, my te Texas teaching certificate is expired so I've been teaching since before the first day of school and what the district told me is that we'll have to bring you in as a long-term sub but I'm working like two full-time teachers because I that's who I am you know we're just gonna add value to it so this thing that we are the Lord gave uh, Pastor Ray two weeks ago we are living it out as individuals, not just as a couple, not as pastors. So I requested from the district, according to the state mandate, hey, can I file for a provisional certificate or a, a, a hardship. hardship certificate? Because certificates affect your checks. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so, and I'm putting in the hours. And the crazy thing about it is you taught in Plano for five or six years and they can't find her records. They can't find my continuing education records. I need 150 continuing education hours to get that certificate right. renewed. You only need 120 hours to graduate from college. But it's been 17 years. I respect protocol and procedure. But I've been believing God for favor. So when I'm just like, I'm putting in all this work, I knew I was going as a sub, but now I'm excited. Let me tell you, every step of the way the Lord has gone before me, even in my mistakes. So I thought like in America, you go pay for your certificate, they'll tell you how to get your classes. When I paid for my certificate, what I was doing is signing a legal document saying I have completed the 150 hours and I haven't. So with a whole lot of tears, Ray was already asleep. So I went to Nia's room and cried. This was before she left for school. I was like, I really messed up. So I emailed my principal. I went to HR. I said, I really messed up. On my way to HR, I was supposed to be going to sign a contract 
they bring my badge back. It says teacher on there, but the picture I took was for the substitute teacher Come on. position. I said, well, how do they say teacher? Because they don't even up with the certificate thing. So I go, I go to the orientation. They have a substitute for me, but I've been watching my words. Come on. I've not sake I said I don't want to talk about it to my team lead I'm very emotional about emotional about it she said don't say anything to anybody her husband just happens to be a pastor for the United Methodist Church so I didn't say anything to anybody this Monday six days ago my principal called me into her office she sends me an email she says come and stop by my office when you get there she said mrs Harmon, i'm sorry they will not give you a provisional or a hardship certificate your 30 days are up friday which was two days ago and you need to just tell them how many hours you have and i said okay so i go home and tell ray he said baby it's your season of favor you're putting in the hours god is faithful on wednesday i get an email from the district that is going over my entire pay scale and benefits, and it is for a teacher. Come on. But I'm not excited. <laughs> because when you come to people money, they will, they will snatch it back. So I'm still not saying anything. I haven't told my team. They said they will not give me this hardship certificate. So I told my principal, these children are people. They are not papers. I will be here no matter what. Because I had to go back to what is true. When I signed up to work, I knew I was going in as a full-time sub, so don't act new. So I just said, okay, don't have your feelings hurt. I'm not going to get them Valentino's tennis shoes I was looking at. It's going to be all right. I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. So I just said, no online shopping for you because we're going into the fast anyway. You know, I'm doing anything I can do to build up my faith and keep my mouth shut. Come on. So we have an art on Friday, which is for special education. We have to meet for these parents and everything. My principal is typing. I'm sitting there nervous because this mama is mad, which she has to be. She's overwhelmed. I'm just like, you know what? Okay, I'm just here because I don't even understand the lingo. It's been so long. So I just have my eyebrows up and my lip gloss on, and I'm keeping my mouth shut. We get out of the meeting. My principal says, Mrs. Harmon, I need you go to your room right now you need to go and download that file I just got you the district just let me know they are going to give you that hardship certificate come on somebody this was Friday at 345 come on. after work so I go to my office the HR says Dr. Hodge and Mrs. Harmon can you please call us Dr. Hodge said we just got out of our can I call you on Monday but Dr. Hodge is getting her check so and I love her but I was like I'm calling HR right now so I call HR oh I forgot to tell you Dr. Hodge said they will give you the hardship certificate you need to have your 150 hours by December 9th I'm like I'm cool I got this because we have Thanksgiving you will not get a turkey but we will get us some hours I'm like we will work it out and so I'm just good when I got to my room to download the letter, it says, we will give you a hardship certificate. Mrs. Wendy Harmon, employee number such and such and such and such, you have until May, March 1st, 2023 to have 150 hours. So when we talk about praying, when we're encouraging you to watch your words, we're not just trying to stir you up. I'm living this thing every day. I'm at a season I need to help my mama with some rent. I'm at a season where we got some tuition to pay. I am at a season that I need to give my own offering and tithe and say, thank you, Lord, for your miracle. And because I kept my mouth shut, because I kept believing, because I kept showing up early and staying late, I'm not been leaving that school till 7 o'clock because I'm just teaching and I'm taking 
when you put your prayer request down, I am not anybody special. When I walk into Spradley Elementary, they don't know my husband is a pastor. They don't care I've been to Rainbow Bible Training Center. They don't even know that Nia's in college. I just go with my head down, my mouth shut, and my bag full of papers that I should have graded the night before. But I just keep showing up. I just keep showing up. I told the Lord on Tuesday after she told me on Monday, oh God, remember me. Remember me. That's all I can say. Oh God, remember me. I had coffee in one hand, my bag in the other, and I just walked through the whole halls. Oh God, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. So even my faith is being increased. God is showing me it's not about converge. It's not about who your husband is. Will you trust me, Wendy? Because that's who I am to God. I'm just his daughter. Wendy, the faithfulness of God. Yeah. The faithfulness of God. This thing is not Disney. So let me tell you, when you put your prayer request down, guess what? You might get a no right in your face like I did on Monday. Keep your mouth closed. Find you a scripture to stand on. Come on. The scripture I was standing on was Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow no to sorrow. it. I was like, you can't tell me in America I'm working 12 hours. They need teachers all over the country. And then they're just going to deny me. But that's what I was saying on the inside of me, not on the outside of me, because I'm standing in faith. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And I'm not talking about finances, missing nothing, lacking nothing. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to no it to it no so the whole school the whole staff doesn't know what's going on but my principal does my team lead does and they I didn't even tell my team lead I talked to her yesterday I said oh you were gone Friday when I went back to my room I didn't even know how to scan the paper back to the people because they give us laptops I had to go get another teammate I said can I just testify because everybody was gone I didn't care I was like can I just testify I just turned around in her room I said let me tell you Ms. Langston about this God I serve and I told her the whole testimony for the first time she said let me walk you down there so you can scan and get grab you a pen (laughs) we printed it out we scanned I said okay now how do I send it to her she said email it to yourself and just forward it to her so before five o'clock it was all done. done because I bear the name of Jesus across my forehead and my name is written in the palm of his hand and so don't everybody have to know just a few but guess what when I walk in there on Monday with my head held high my mouth shut I'm fasting so no coffee for me this week it'll be tea with no sugar and just lemon (laughs) with my bag full of papers and I'm gonna keep doing what I always do silently so I'm not anybody special I worry I have concerns and I've been trusting God for 32 days with Prosper ISD This is a testimony to encourage you. When you put it on the card, watch your words. If they say, how's it going? It by faith. You don't have to even lie. Sometimes you all you have is by faith. So that keeps you from lying. Say it is good. It keeps you from saying it is good. It keeps you from saying all right. Just say by faith. And find one good person you could tell so they could be a witness to the goodness of God. And we will get back to praying. Thank you, baby. But I'm just so happy about my little certificate. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Good, good father. Yes, he is. Listen, if it's small enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. Come on, somebody. Are y'all with me? So, so, so this is what we're going to do. The team's going to lead us in prayer. Team's going to lead us in prayer because this is how we fight our battles. 
This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles in prayer. We fight our battles in faith. And we watch our first words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So speak life, speak faith over your prayers and your requests. The psalmist said it this way, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. Faith is voice activated. You believe and therefore you speak. So this is what we're going to do. Everybody got their prayer request? You filled it out. Simple act of faith. Listen, God will do for us individually what he's already done for us corporately. Let me pray, and then as uh, Kevin leads us in worship, just come down to the cross, nail that request to the cross, believing that together we will celebrate the testimony on the other side. Father, we love you. We honor you, and we give you praise. Take my hand, baby. Father, your word declares where two or three gather together in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And you even said, if any two of us shall agree as touching anything here on earth, it shall be done of our Father who is in heaven. Father, right now, Pastor Wendy and I touch, and we agree. Father, your word declares that one could put a thousand to flight, but two, ten thousand. There is exponential power made available to us when we agree in prayer. So right now, God, we lift up your people, every head bowed, every prayer request written and every prayer request that we're about to submit. Father, no matter how big or how small, God, all of it matters to you. So, Father, we, we come in obedience to what your word says in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Father, we come in obedience to that, that word. Number one, we choose to be anxious for no thing. And God, now we bring our request to you. We mix it with thanksgiving. And we thank you, God, for your peace as we wait on the fulfillment of the promise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. The ushers are going to lead you just one by one, row by row. And then Stephen is going to assist you uh, to put your prayer request on the cross, symbolizing the finished work of the cross and the promise of everything God gave us in his word. Let's worship together.
presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. You know, where we were on the front row and, and, and as Kevin and the team were leading us in worship, I was reminded of one of Pastor Wendy's favorite verses in all of scripture uh, as it relates to prayer. Uh, Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 25. Is that right? Or 65, 24. 65, 24. I misspoke. Uh, Pastor Wendy and I are just crazy enough we believe that our God is big enough that right now, in this moment, listen to me, he is doing Isaiah 65, 24 miracles. It's on the screen. Notice what the scripture says. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, while they are still speaking, I will hear. Yes, yes. We are foolish enough to believe that our God was listening in on your prayer request yeah, 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 while yeah, you were yeah. writing them. Yes. That he has, in fact, right now, I believe that our God has already answered some of these prayers. He said, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? When you read Acts chapter 4, listen to me, uh, uh, or maybe Acts chapter 5 or 6. Pastor Jesse would know this because I think it's one of Pastor Jesse's. He laughed because he knows. Peter had been thrown in prison. And the disciples began to pray for Peter. And all of a sudden, they heard a knock on the door. When they went to answer the door, guess who was standing on the other side of the door? It was Peter. Meaning God answered their prayer. While they were yet speaking. And when Peter showed up at the door, they're like, hold up. We still praying for you. <laughs> and you already out. Yes. In fact, when he opened the door, he shut the door yes. and went back and told the disciples, hold up, man, I think Peter's outside. <laughs> because they were praying for him. And while they were yet speaking, God heard. And before they called, God answered. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that for some of your people this morning, for some of your people this morning, you've already moved. You've already heard. You've already answered. Even when we can't see it, God, you're working. And even when we can't feel it, you're working. Because you are still the way maker. Still the way maker. That's who you are. That's who you are. So this morning, September 25th of 2022, we go on record as saying, God, all of our hope, all of our trust is in you. We trust you, God, to answer. 
and we trust you to move in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen one more time let's just lift that up to the Lord our faithful God our awesome God our prayer answering Father hey, glory to God he's near to all who call upon him miracles miracles in Jesus name amen and amen you may be seated in the house of the Lord if you can come on some of you just might be real excited this morning and you just can't sit down amen the presence of the Lord is in this place hey we're gonna break protocol and dive into the message this morning uh, we may go into announcements at the end of the service we may do that at the end of the service so uh, Andrea Cassie if you would just uh, hang tight and be ready uh, ready to go at the end of the service. Uh, or I may just make the announcements now. How about that? Let me just do the announcements quickly. Uh, um, and uh, you guys can uh, help us out next week with the announcements. Is that okay? Don't do the announcements. Okay, don't do the announcements. Because if you do the announcements, it's a thing about teaching. Okay, I might. have already been speaking so long, then the people might fall asleep. Right, right, right. We don't want them to fall asleep. think about where they're going to go since they have to be fasting today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen, I decided to call an audible this morning. My beautiful, beautiful bride, my mocha princess, Pastor Wendy, will be tag teaming with me. And one of the reasons, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, show your love, show your love. And one of the reasons I enlisted her help is not only because she's an able minister of the Word of God. Uh, one of her passions is plants. And so this is going to be somewhat of a, a, an illustrated sermon. I know that uh, every time I stand up to communicate, I recognize the fact that some people are visual learners. We learn by what we see. Some people are auditory learners. You learn by what you hear. And then some people are tactile, right? They, they have to touch it. They have to, they have to feel it. They have to do it. And, and so when you're in a room like this, I recognize that there are certain messages that may be harder for people to receive and understand and comprehend simply because our primary uh, way of communicating and delivering messages is auditory, what I say. Uh, secondly, it is visual, and we're going to use some of these props. Uh, lastly, third, and finally, and rarely is it ever uh, tactile. But my prayer is this morning that everyone will receive something of the Lord uh, by His grace. Uh, we're in a sermon series that we're calling Planted, Planted, Biblical Keys, uh, to the fruitful life, biblical keys to a fruitful life. This is week two, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Our anchor text for this series is lifted from Psalm 1, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 3. Well, we said last week that uh, uh, the first 40 Psalms are uh, considered book one of the book of Psalms, uh, and these 40 Psalms are all attributed to David, who was a prolific psalmist, a prolific songwriter, a prolific musician uh, because he played the harp. And not only was he skillful and technically proficient uh, at the harp, whenever he played the harp, the spirit of the God rested upon him and the spirits lifted off of people. How many of you realize it's one thing to be a gifted and skillful musician, it's a whole other thing to be anointed. Listen, I'll take the anointing over skill any day. Because the scripture declares that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Uh, it is that rubbed on, painted on, smeared on ability of God. 
It's the burden-lifting, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So we're reading the words of a psalmist, a songwriter, and musician as he's celebrating the faithfulness of God and uh, uh, throughout the text, especially in these first uh, 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 40 chapters of the book of Psalms. Uh, I'll be reading here from... Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3, uh, our anchor text, I'll be reading from the New International Version of the text. Let's pray and we'll dive into the Word together. Father, thank you that your Word goes forth this morning unfettered, unhindered. I ask you now to make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Father, give your servants now, both me and Pastor Wendy, utterance, a clarity of thought, and sensitivity to what you want to do in this moment. God, we ask that no one will leave as they came in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that there is a grace deposit marked for each person in this room. Father, make us hearers of your word, but not hearers only. Make us doers. For it is in the doing of your word that we are blessed and our lives are transformed for your glory. And everyone said... Amen and amen. This is week two of our sermon series, Planted. Uh, we look to God's word now for context and for instruction. Notice the words of David. He said, blessed. And last week we defined that word blessed as happy, as fortunate, as favored, uh, and one to be envied. And we said the first thing we discover in this song, first of all, the state of mind that God has ordained for all of his sons and daughters. We were made for this, y'all, to live the blessed life. In fact, Jesus said it this way, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified Translation says to have life to the full until it overflows. God's will for your life is that you live blessed, happy, fortunate, highly favored, and envied. That there ought to be something about your life that people desire. When people observe your life and they observe the fruit of your life. In fact, Jesus said it this way, by their fruit, you will know them. As people begin to examine the fruit on your life, and may I say this, sometimes when people talk about you, they ain't judging you. They're just describing the fruit that they see. Oh, y'all missed that. If I walk up to an orange tree and I say, that's an orange, I ain't judging the tree. I'm describing the fruit the tree is bearing. And sometimes when people tell us <laughs> about, we don't like to hear it, and we say, you're judging me. But most people are just fruit inspectors. And they're examining the fruit on your tree. Not judging you, bringing you into an awareness of the fruit that you're bearing. Jesus said it this way. A good tree will bear what? Good fruit. A bad tree will bear what? So if people are telling you something about this fruit, uh, it's bad. It's an indication of the tree the fruit is attached to. And in fact, it could be the goodness and the mercy of God that people are observing the fruit in our lives so that we can make the adjustments we need to make. Are you with me? So Jesus, I mean, David says, 
God's desire is that you and I live a, live a blessed life. That is the state. There are four or five essences we're going to talk about here in this passage. Your state of being, God wants you blessed. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, above only and not beneath, head and not the tail, blessed going out, blessed coming in. That's where God wants his people to live. And we said last week that God's original plan for us is his eternal plan for us. His original plan is in Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. That's where God wants us to live. You and I were designed for the blessed life. And now he says, this is how the blessed life happens now. He gives us the process. In fact, say this with me. Understand the plan. Understand the plan. Follow the pattern. Follow the pattern. Receive the promise. Receive the promise. He begins to unpack God's process and God's uh, pattern to ensure that you and I experience the blessed life. And so he says, the man who is blessed, the man who experiences this state of being in his life, number one, is selective about his relationships. Uh, uh, Jim Collins wrote a great book several years ago called Good to Great. And one of the things that Jim Collins said in Good to Great is, uh, most people say, uh, 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 make sure you're on the right bus. Jim Collins argues, it's not enough to be on the right bus. Make sure you're on the right bus with the right people. Because you could be on the right bus taking you to your destination, but if you're on that bus with the wrong people, they will get you messed up by the time you get to your destination, and you will get to your destination, and you're all jacked up. And what David is saying, there is a promise of blessing in God's word, but one of the decisions that you have to make intentionally is how you guard and protect your relational environments. He says there's three kinds of people to avoid if you're going to live the blessed life. Number one, avoid the wicked. The scripture says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel, I'm sorry, the ungodly. I'm sorry, this scripture says wicked. I'm thinking about two translations. But anyway, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Yes, the wicked. That word defined in the Hebrew is anybody who's hostile toward God. People who have unrighteous causes. Have you ever met somebody who was just mad about everything? And wanted to enlist your support? They weren't really asking for advice. They just wanted your agreement. And there are some people who go through life and don't experience the promise of God. Don't experience the blessing of God because of their associations, and one of the associations that we entertain is the wicked people who are hostile toward God. The second person he says to avoid is the sinner. Now, the sinner, literally in the Hebrew, is a criminal or one who has been accounted guilty, meaning someone who in their actions, it is evident, they ain't living right. And number three, he says, avoid mockers, people who are boastful, inflated, and arrogant. So the first thing that, the very first thing David says in this song, if you and I are going to experience the blessed life, you have to evaluate your circle. 
You can't even get to all the other stuff he's talking about in verses 2 and 3 until you have evaluated your circle. Last week, I said it this way. Environments matter because your environment will determine what you're exposed to. And your exposure will determine your experiences. And your experiences will determine your expectations, good or bad, reasonable or unreasonable. Your environments, especially your uh, relational environments, matter. Here's the second thing, and this is where we're going to spend the lion's share of our time, and Pastor Wendy is going to help us unpack this. Um, now, let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Jane Howard, as it relates to relational environments, nobody says you live in isolation. God's plan is not for any of us to be islands unto ourselves. We need relationships. In fact, Jane Howard said it this way, call it a clan, call it a network, call it a tribe, call it a family. Whatever you call it and whoever you are, you need one. So regardless of who you are, you need a tribe, but make sure it's a healthy tribe. That's why Paul said it this way, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Sometimes you got to walk away from everybody else and get a circle made up of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if you're Daniel. If you'll be selective with your relationships, you'll be more effective. The blessed man is conscious and selective of his relational environments. Examine your circle. Because not everybody in your circle is in your corner. Uh, the second thing Paul says, uh, not Paul, David, is uh, verse 2. First he talks about the state of being, but the second thing he talks about is the soil of our lives, and that is our relationship. But there's two kinds of soil, two kinds of soil. The first soil is your relational environments. Here's the second kind of soil. Uh, and, and then we'll get to the rest of the verse. The second kind of soil is your internal environment. Your relational environments deal with those things that are external, how you relate to others. And he says you ought to be intentional and selective about your external relationships and examine your circle. But there are internal environments that will determine the outcome of your life. Not just what's happening externally, but what is also happening internally. So I'm not only supposed to evaluate my circle, I also need to examine my heart. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 4 and 23. He says, guard your heart, for out of your heart flow all the issues of life. Where do our problems come from? They're internal in origin. Unhealthy heart unhealthy life. Are y'all listening to me? So there's two soil conditions, not just your relational environments, but also your internal environments because your internal environments determine how you deal with yourself and how you interact with God. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? And this is what we're going to spend the last share of our time because you could Go through life and not experience the blessing of God, the blessing that God intended, self-sabotage your God-ordained potential and productivity because of the soil of your relationships and also the soil of your inner script, your inner dialogue, and what you believe about yourself. It's not only them. You could be surrounded by the right people, <laughs> And struggle to experience the life God promised if you ain't right on the inside. 
It's like putting, it's like putting, it's like putting water in a broken vessel. It pours out. It's like no matter how much people pour into you, it pours out. No matter what people put into you, no matter what they say, if my internal condition, if the condition of the soul of my heart is not right, I won't live out the fullness of what God has ordained for me. So environments, let's talk about environments. Uh, Pastor Wendy, as I said, has a passion for plants. She brought a couple of plants from our home. And um, uh, you want to take us through what you have here? Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. All right, good morning again. I have probably about 60 plants. I probably lost 60 last year because I'll keep them outside. And so uh, Texas is very fickle, just like Texas doesn't realize it's fall, but <laughs> we'll be okay. And so uh, as Pastor Ray is talking about um, environments, uh, plants can really teach us a lot. So this right here is a Hoya. If you can see it, it is heart-shaped. It does have roots. Matter of fact, I'll take them out. It's not just here. I've had this one probably for about two years. I don't want to shock it. So you see it is a single leaf. I've had it two years. It has roots. This is called a root ball. Now, the Hoya, this could stay alive maybe another five, six years. And all it is going to be is this heart shape. It's not going to ever grow another leaf. It's going to be by itself. It's going to look pretty. It is not fickle. It is not needy. I can forget about it because this is upstairs. Our house is northeast facing. In order to have plants, you need south-facing windows. The south-facing part of our heart house is the wall in our master bedroom and the bathroom. So I struggle finding plants all over my place. But this is called, created to be just by itself. It doesn't need a lot of water. You see, I've had it two years. It's not turned yellow. I water it. It is kind of a cousin to the cactus. But this is who it's called to be, and it is just being just as happy as it is. Not being alone because it's got friends on the shelf, but it is content. When I've forgotten to water it, it hasn't withered. It has stood strong because it knows exactly what it's created to do to bring beauty. Now, this little sugar right here, when Pastor Ray and I got our first tattoos, we got our ring finger um, our ring fingers tattooed for our 20th wedding anniversary. I am not endorsing tattoos. You do what you need to do. <laughs> I have read Leviticus, so you don't have to send me an email. This is what my husband and I decided to do. So I know what the word of God Tell says, it. but I live under the blood of Jesus, and this is between me and my husband. Amen. And so <laughs> when we got our very first tattoos, the tattoo artist had plants. She was a plant lady. You know that the storm had come through and killed a lot of plants, the uh, the snowpocalypse had come. So we had gone to see her. You would not believe that this was a single leaf she had given me. The name of this plant is called Mother of Thousands. And so you can't see it. We're going to get us a cameraman that can do tight shots, um, like somebody that can walk around. I love our media team, but we don't have <laughs> to walk around cameras yet. But you might be able to see little bitty. They almost look like little roses. Those are little plants. What she will do is she will drop, like that one just did, she will drop these little plants, and they will make more leaves like this. So when I had the single leaf, 
she was budding these little plants there and it made all of this. Now you see the pot is shallow. And a lot of times we talk about being connected in church and knowing the word and going deep. Yes, our pastor, we need him to go deep. But some of us are called to spread out. Come on. This root system is the strongest one up here, I think. And it isn't deep. It's a shallow pot. It's cactus soil. So that means it's not a lot of, it's a lot of orchid bark. It's a loose soil because this is a desert plant. But under all the conditions, you would not believe. You see how green this plant looks? This plant has been outside on a shelf in our back porch the entire summer. In the spring, it was down to one leaf. And one of the stems, it was just, it wouldn't even come out of the pot. And it had lost all the leaves. So I just kept watering it. And I just kept watering it. So that one leaf dropped enough of those little buds. And that's why she's called the mother of thousands. Now, believe it or not, right here, this is an African violet. It's actually called a variegated African violet. And you see how good she looks? But you see she's lopsided. She is lopsided because she is created to reach for the sun. Just like we are created to reach for the sun, Jesus. As you notice, she's got no flowers on her because all of the conditions are not ripe. All she is doing is making it. But you know what? where she is? She looks all good. She's got that little white pot. But guess where she is flourishing? In her very beginnings. She's got a nursery pot. And even though she's beautiful, if you look from her up here, there are still areas where they have died and need to be pruned and taken off. And you see she's stacking on top of herself. I've watered her and then decided to bring her. Now she's reaching for the sun. She's not producing any flowers. Because if she produces flowers, that's going to take more energy than she is receiving. So she knows I'm going to be beautiful. I'm going to keep making leaves. But I'm not quite ready to make flowers because if I make flowers, a part of me is going to die. It takes a lot of Come energy on. for flowers to bloom. But she's still flourishing right where she is. She didn't say, oh, I'm not outside. I'm not in all the right conditions. But I'm going to flourish. And I, too, am going to reach for the sun. This is a Hoya princess. I lost to spider mites, which are pests, all but two leaves. But I just kept watering the two leaves. Sometimes you just got to work with what you have. Converge Church, we mm. have learned to work with what we have. Out of those two leaves, I put her next to the window, and you see, she too is a vining plant, but she's just like, you know what? Now these two right here reminded me of you and I. Mm. Just two. Not as shiny, a little stressed at the top. Why is it stressed? Because it's putting out energy for these leaves to grow. But look at what it's putting out. Beautiful, shiny leaves. This is Ray and I, dusty, little battered. <laughs> but what we're putting out, Converge Church, is shiny and healthy. We didn't have to look good. We didn't have to be the best. But guess what? We're still putting out because we are planted yeah. In good soil. Good soil. And therefore, we can produce, no matter how we look, what we've been exposed to, what we've been experienced, Come because on. we stayed planted and we received what we needed from God. Not the way we wanted, but we received it. 
then we can produce and vine and do what we are called to do. So good. Now, this sugar right here was probably about three leaves. <clears throat> you hear us talk about, we hear me talk about Bo and Cal Ray's, I mean, Levi's homeschool buddies. Their grandmother has a green, this is a variegated uh, green pothos. And they're vine. These are the plants you saw around in people's houses crawling over in the 70s and 80s. And so this was off of her front porch. You can see, too, this is a little bit lopsided, but it's growing to the, the light source in the house. But notice I have her in water, and I did that on purpose because when I received the cutting, cutting is if you just take a piece of leaf off, you have to put it in water in order for it to grow roots. So I did an experience. I have part of this plant outside, but it's a lot bigger and I couldn't bring it. And because it's outside, I don't know what started living in it and I didn't want it crawling in the car. But I wanted to bring this to you because roots, as we are talking about being planted, you too, I didn't want to dress her up because no matter how much growth you put out, there are always going to be things in our life that need to die off mm. and need to be uh, clipped off and stripped away and so I didn't dress her up because Jesus says, come as you are. So I brought her <laughs> as she is. Amen. Now here you can see from a cutting where I had no roots, you can see all of those roots have grown. You see how they're all tangled in there? Guess what roots were meant to do? To attach themselves. Come on. And this water, this plant is doing all right. But it is not attached it is doing its best to climb all up the side of the jar and find where can I attach myself. Mm. So in the time being, you can see that a little bit of burnt edges around there. It's not as many leaves. Notice the big leaves that I started off with is still here. But you see how these leaves are growing smaller? Because there's no soil. Mm. So this would represent those of us who say, well, I don't really need to go to church. I'm doing all right. Mm. And you are going to do all right. Mm. But what you were created to do is to be planted. Come so on. you will never live up to your full yeah. potential. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that you're not doing all right. You can still look a little cute. You can still produce something. Right. But what you are producing is not how God created you. Mm. This plant should have all all the si same size leaves or bigger in its reproduction. Mm. It's just doing all right. Mm. It's just making it. It's getting water. It's getting a little bit of light. Mm. It doesn't have soil. There are nutrients in all of that dirt. Mm. There are, it is healthy for ants to get down in there and worms to get down in there. And so as long as this is not planted, it's going to be all right. I have had this year, this plant 16 months and this is all it has grown because it is not planted so good it's just doing all right so if i had my choice to be any of these plants even though we are this hoya princess here i would be the mother of thousands i want to go deep like the hoya and i will she's going to have to be repotted but you see this mother of thousands She's just going to reproduce no matter what. Mm. All of the other plants outside, they are scorched. I've got a bird of paradise. I have got a fiddly fig. They're all scorched. She was meant for hot conditions. Mm. 
And she's like, whatever you give me, I'm going to take, I'm going to reproduce it, and I'm going to make it beautiful. This is what we're called to do. Amen. We can go deep, even if wherever we're starting in our brokenness, one leaf, and that one leaf, I put it in a paper towel, grew a little bit of roots, then I put it on top of this. Not, I didn't plant it. I just laid it on top. That's the people that's just coming to church and kicking the tires. It's okay. You still can belong before you believe. Amen. Just laid it on top. Absolutely. Just kept spraying it. Amen. Later, when the roots grew a little bit more so they wouldn't get burned, I put it in soil. So it was one little leaf in this pot. I have had this plant, how many, it's been three years now since the tattoo? Two years? Uh Maybe two years. So I've had her two years. I haven't changed her pot. She went through a lot. She stayed outside, lost everything, had one really thick, wiry branch that I still can't take out. It's a piece of bark. The bark has no leaves on it, but the roots were so strong, it shot up everything else. So I had one strong root system and some little babies, and I just watered it. Amen. And so hopefully you can see yourselves. All of them are beautiful, but we don't want to stay in this state. We don't want to stay just all right, just in water, not committing to the process, not living up the, to the full potential. We can do a little bit of production, but it won't measure to what we are created to do. So good. Everybody show your love for Pastor Wendy. Natural, supernatural correlation. And listen... The, the reason this is so important is a lot of times in life we can settle for this kind of life where I have some fruit, not fruit, but uh, I, I have some growth, I, my leaves are green, but I'm not actualizing my full potential. Uh, we settle for mediocrity when what we ultimately need is to be planted in soil. I can get by, but I can't truly, fully be the best version of myself unless I'm attached to soil. So again, as I'm about to close, come on, first closing. Um, uh, David talks about two so kinds of soil, relational and then internal. Last week we talked more about the relational soil, but I've got to say this, because I don't know a whole lot about plants, but there's a lesson. Yeah, you can hang. Do you want to hang? No, I think, I think I got it from here. Everybody show your love. One more time for Pastor Wendy. One more time for my mocha princess. All right, so here it is. <clears throat> uh, for those of you who know anything about uh, the, the, the redwoods of, uh, of California and, and, and the northwest, uh, they can grow up to 350 feet. Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, one story on a building is approximately 10 feet. 350 feet is 35 stories. The largest redwood, American redwood on record, 350 uh, uh, feet. Uh, the longest uh, or, or the, the tallest, the largest living redwood is a sequoia that's, uh, I think his name is General Sherman. 200, listen to me, 275 feet, over 2,000 years old. The mystery of, 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 of sequoias and redwoods is the fact that they can grow to be up to 350 feet. And you would imagine to grow that high, to grow that tall, you would have to have very deep roots. But the redwoods are an anomaly because they have no tap root, and the tap root is responsible for anchoring the tree. 
What sets sequoias apart is that roots don't grow down, they grow out. And they have an interlocking root system. In fact, their roots grow no deeper than 6 to 12 feet. Yet they grow out of the ground up to 300 feet. You would think that a 300-foot tall tree would fall over because it only had roots that were 12 feet deep maximum. But those redwoods are sustained because when they are planted and when they grow, they don't grow down. They grow out. And their roots interlock. And because their roots reach out, intuitively, instinctively to other redwoods. Their root systems are able to interlock, and because of that, they can withstand the worst. Your relational environments matter. The question then is, who are you interlocking your life with? Because it's not just, it's not just again, not just your external relational environments, uh, Jesus talks about four internal environments, and this is where we're going to land this plane. Y'all ready for this? So Jesus, in his earthly ministry, uh, taught uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and then one of his earliest sermons was, after the Sermon on the Mount, was the parable of the sower. In fact, Jesus said this concerning the parable of the sower. He said, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of the other parables? So this parable, understanding this parable is critical to understanding how the kingdom of God works and how you and I can access this blessed life that God has promised in John chapter 10, in Psalm 1, and throughout the canon of Scripture. He says, don't only look at your relational environments that are external, begin to examine your internal relationship with yourself. And he speaks of four soil or heart conditions. That will determine whether you and I will experience the life God promised or not. Y'all ready for this? So Jesus says the first thing. He says the sower sows the word. He's teaching this parable. He's teaching to a culture that understood agriculture. And they understood what it was like to sow and what it was like to reap. What it was like to plant and what it was like to harvest. And he said, if you're going to understand the kingdom of heaven, you have to understand this principle that the seed is inherently good, but the soil will determine whether that seed produces or not. All right, what I'm saying? The seed is the word of God. But the soil into which the seed is planted determines whether that seed will bear fruit or not. So for us who have been coming to church for years and wonder like, God, where's the breakthrough? It's not that the word is bad or that the word is unreliable. In fact, the scripture calls the word of God incorruptible seed. God's word is inherently good. The difficulty comes when the seed falls on the wrong soil. And Jesus is teaching this principle because he wants his people to understand you can go to church all you want. You can read the Bible all you want. You can hear every sermon on YouTube. You can listen to every podcast. If the condition of the soil isn't right, that seed ain't going to bear any fruit. In fact, we did our landscaping party. Shout out to everybody who came out yesterday. We had a blast. Come on, somebody. It's coming together. And one of the things, uh, the, 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 one, the foreman from the, the landscaping crew came, uh, said when he came to visit the first time, 
uh, I think there was a particular plant Chris wanted to plant. He said, oh, no, that's not good in Texas. You can't put that in Texas uh, because the soil in Texas is more uh, alkaline. It likes acidic soil. So that particular tree, it will flourish on the East Coast, but it will struggle in Texas. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's the condition of the soil. It's not the plant. It determines where you put it. Are y'all listening to me? God's word is inherently good, but if the soil of my heart isn't right, it won't bear fruit. So Jesus is saying, listen, before you understand anything else about the kingdom, you have to understand this principle of the sower, the parable of the sower, and the seed, the relationship between the seed and the soil. And the problem ain't the seed, because the seed is the word of God. The problem could be the soil, which is the heart of men. So Jesus is teaching the parable. He says, uh, 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 Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, he said, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. So he said the first heart condition or the first kind of soil is soil or seed that's sown on soil that's by the wayside. That word in the Greek translated wayside is highway or thoroughfare where a lot of people pass and when you put seed on that kind of soil where there's a lot of traffic, Notice what it says, the birds of the air came and devoured it. Are you with me? So the seed was sown, but the soil was by the wayside. It was a highway. It was a thoroughfare. He goes down and he begins to explain what that means. Notice verse 15. It says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. The word of God is sown when they hear the word, Satan comes immediately. As in right after you walk out this service. As in right after you get out your car. Satan comes immediately and does what? And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Listen, the problem isn't that the word wasn't sown. The word was sown, but it, it was the condition of the heart. So what am I saying? Let me say a couple of things. Notice, notice where the word was sown and where the word was taken from. It was taken from his heart. People say all the time, oh, no, you got to read the word and meditate on the word so you can get the word from your head to your heart. Nah. God doesn't sow the word to your head where it's logical. He sows the word to your heart where it's spiritual. And the scripture says he immediately comes and he takes the word that was sown in there hearts. Why? Because of the condition of the soul by the wayside. So here's the first heart, the first heart. Y'all ready for this? If you and I are going to live the blessed life, we have to examine our hearts and we have to ask ourselves as we do this open heart surgery, do I have a hurried heart? A hurried heart. Remember, this was the seed sown by the wayside. The literal meaning of the word wayside is highway, bypass, thoroughfare. And most of us don't experience the fullness of what God has for us because our lives are way too busy, overextended, and unsettled. They throw the seed there, but your life just so busy. 
We fill our lives with stuff and things and one more thing on the calendar, and all of a sudden, the Word of God can't take root because your life is too busy. And the Scripture tells us about two sisters, Mary and Martha, and one was busy and overtaken by many things, trying to search, serve Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, Martha, 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 listen, slow down. I'm in your house. I'm what you need. But you're busy about all this other stuff and you're missing this moment. But your sister Mary has chosen the best part. And what she has chosen, nobody can take away from her. Listen to me. The scripture says that there were these two sisters, one named Martha and one called Mary. One named Martha, one called Mary. There are Bible commentators who suggest that her real name wasn't Mary, but her real name, I mean, her real name wasn't Mary, but she was called Mary because of her story. Because the word Mary in its origin comes from a Hebrew word that means bitter. It comes from Mara. She wasn't named Mary, she was called Mary. And Bible commentators suggest that because of all that Mary had been through, it pushed her to the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a season of your life that's been bitter and painful, it's amazing how easy it is and how necessary it is to run to the feet of Jesus. You see, Mary understood how much she needed Jesus. And she slowed down her life long enough to receive from him. The first heart condition that most people struggle with, especially in North Dallas, is our hurried hearts. Let me tell you about the second heart condition that Jesus talked about. He said some fell now, not just on the wayside, but some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and it was scorched, and because it had no root, it quickly withered away. Sprang up, but had no longevity. Immediate results, but short-lived. And God is saying that some of us are not experiencing the blessing or the blessed life that he imagined, not only because our lives are too busy and our lives are too hurried, but the condition of our hearts and the condition of our soil is that it's hardened. And even though the sower sows the seed, it falls upon the wayside, the busy, hurried heart, but then it also falls upon the hardened heart. Notice what Jesus says, just in case you're doing some open heart surgery this morning, and you're trying to locate yourself and say, is that me? God, is my heart hard toward you? Is that maybe why I'm not experiencing the fullness of your promise? Notice what he says. In verse 16, he explains what the stony heart or the hardened heart is. It says, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time, a season. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. 
Y'all hear what I'm saying? The second heart is the heart that receives the word with gladness. But guess what? When time gets hard, oh, forget Jesus. Forget that Bible stuff. And the reason we turn away when life gets hard is because the scripture says your heart was hardened and it had no roots. So when the shaking comes and the trouble comes and the persecution comes, guess what that kind of soil does? It immediately stumbles. You know why? Because the hardened heart is shallow and it lacks depth. And I wonder how many of us are exposed to the seed, but the seed isn't bearing fruit because of the condition of our heart. We're too busy but we haven't gone deep enough. Third heart condition, third heart condition. Jesus said it this way in verse 7. He said, and some seed, seed fell among thorns. So there's the wayside, there's the stony ground, and then there's the thorny ground. And it says, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Verse 18 explains verse 7. It says, and now these are the ones who are sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Notice everybody in this parable heard the word. Everyone had a different outcome. They too heard the word, but notice the outcome. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful notice what's keeping people with this kind of soil condition from experiencing the promise of God notice the list it is the cares of this world it is the deceitfulness of riches and it is desire for other things that is the haughty heart where we are double minded and listen to me we are overexposed to the culture and underexposed to Jesus. No, no, I'll say that again. I'm talking about Christians who are overexposed to culture and underexposed to Christ. Because there's these plants on this table, and some of them, if they're overexposed to the sun, will die. There are some, if they're underexposed to the sun, they will die. Some of these plants, if you water them too much, it will cause root rot. And there's some of them, if you water them too little, they will die. The environment you're planted in matters. The problem is most of us are overexposed to the wrong thing and underexposed to the right things. And we have a haughty heart. So the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches come in and choke the word. But then finally, there's the fourth heart condition and the fourth kind of soil. And Jesus said, but the other seed fell on good ground. And it yielded the crop that sprang up. And it increased. And it produced. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got to say this. I don't know who this is for, but if you're wrestling with this, this third uh, kind of soil that is unstable, it, 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 one day you're in, in Christ and the other week you're just turning up. One day you love Jesus and the next week, man, it's all about the culture. It's all about just what the world has to offer. Listen, one day Jacob was blessing his 12 sons. He was at the point of death. His oldest son comes first. 
Kevin. It's Reuben. And this is what Jacob says as he lays hands upon Reuben. He says, Reuben, you're the son of my strength. You're the son of my right arm. You've got so much potential. This is what he's saying about him. And then the very next line, this is what he says. Unstable as water, you will not excel. Who wants to hear that when your dad's laying hands on you? He said, Reuben, you got all this potential. There's so many amazing things that you could do. Your problem is you unstable as water. And because you're unstable, you're wishy-washy. One day you're in, one day you're out. One day you love Jesus, the next day you don't love Jesus. And because you're unstable as water, you will not excel. That's a word for somebody in this room right now. Because the problem isn't the seed. The problem is when you're going to make up your mind. Because the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches have come in like thorns, and they're choking the seed of the word. Unstable as water. You will not excel. Finally, good soil. Somebody say good soil. The humble heart. The humble heart. That's where God wants us to live. Jesus said, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up. And it increased and it produced. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. And he explains in verse 20, he said, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Let me tell you how you know as you're doing open heart surgery this morning, how you know that your heart is good ground. It says those who hear the word, but notice the next thing, they accept it. As a pastor, I know that people come to church and they hear the word, but they don't really accept it. Because when we accept the word, it forces us to change something about ourselves. And it's in changing, that's why the scripture says the word of God is like a mirror. Sometimes you're going to stand in front of a mirror and going to tell you how cute you are. But there are other times you stand in front of the mirror and it's going to tell you the truth. That you're not so pretty after all. You're not so perfect after all. You're not so put together after all. And sometimes the Word of God has a way of piercing our hearts and causing us to confront the things in us that are not right. Yet it is the humble heart that hears the hard word and accepts it that ultimately bears fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And then Jesus closes in verse 9 with these words, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So, Father, we ask you now, in Jesus' name, that God, our hearts, that our hearts, God, would be as good soil. Not hardened, not haughty, not hurried, but humble. Simply accepting, God, what you say about us, even when it's hard to hear. That Jesus, when you inspect the fruit of our lives, you're not judging us, you're, you're, you're helping us. And so, Father, I pray today that the soil of our lives, first of all, our relationships, that we would evaluate them. But secondly, God, that we would examine our hearts. So that as you sow the word, it will fall upon good soil, good soil, good soil, and bear much fruit. Father, this morning, finally, I pray for that one.
who has just struggled with difficulty, that when life gets hard, we quit on Jesus. I pray for that one, Father, who has been distracted by the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, and it has come up as thorns in our lives to choke out the word. I pray for that one who is busy and overextended and too hurried like Martha was to slow down for a moment with Jesus. Father, I pray in any area of our lives where we have forfeited your blessing and your promise that, God, you would help us to slow down and allow you to do open-heart surgery so that your word can bear much fruit in our lives. Not just 30, not just 60, but a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Praise the Lord. Listen, I got to let y'all go. Uh, oh, wow. Woo, I got to let y'all go. Thankfully, the... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, thankful, thank you. Thankfully, the Cowboys ain't playing at 12. Otherwise, y'all be ready to stone me. Uh, I'm just going to do this real quick, uh, just announcements real quick. Uh, you guys know that we're in uh, our seven days of prayer and fasting. Uh, make sure you check your email, and uh, all the information will be there. But also, also, uh, that information about our strategic prayer points. We have seven strategic prayer points, one prayer point for each day. Make sure you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, because all that information is going to be in there. In fact, we have groups, Facebook groups, and you can just send a request to one of our Facebook groups, groups so you can stay abreast. But just search Converge Church on Facebook. We'll have all of the strategic prayer points there. Also, we're doing our church work days. We had a phenomenal time yesterday, man. Uh, and let me just say this. For the people who came and served, listen, that was sweat equity, right? But I just want to put this in perspective. Y'all helped us save thousands of dollars. When you look at the line item for them to put in the, 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 to break up the ground and put in those plants, not a thousand dollars, thousands of dollars. So for those who came, thank you. You saved us thousands of dollars. We're going to be here again uh, this Saturday uh, from 8 to 12. And again, we have a, 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 do we have the QR code that they can scan? We don't have the QR code? Okay. Anyway, there's a sign-up genius. Check your email. All that information is in there. We want you to be here. So I think this Saturday, are we doing more landscaping this Saturday? Is that a yes? We're doing a little bit of landscaping so you can come out. Even if you don't have a green thumb, still come. We've got plenty of work for you to do. So it's from 8 to 10 or from 10 to 12. But we're also going to be doing some organizing projects, right? We're going to be getting stuff out of storage. we got stuff in two storage locations. we got to get that stuff out because, again... If we remove all that stuff here, that's going to save us hundreds of dollars every month. Are y'all tracking with me? 
so it's making a difference, okay? Uh, let me also tell you about uh, the 28th through the 30th. We're going to dedicate this building to the glory of God. It's going to be our building dedication weekend, and we're going to have some other exciting things happening October 28th through the 30th. So save that, save the date. It's going to be a party, man. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I can't tell y'all just because we haven't confirmed. There's some things we still need to confirm. As soon as we confirm those things, we will tell you all about our building dedication weekend. By the way, by the way, uh, we've got contractors coming. They're going to be putting in all the wood paneling. Come on, somebody. So we don't only have brick that we painted. We don't only have the rails that we painted. Man, they're going to be putting in some wood and some new lighting when you walk up the curb appeal. Come on, somebody. Y'all going to think y'all at the Magnolia, at the silos in Waco when y'all come next week. Come on, somebody. So it's going to be beautiful. We're building a house for the Lord, to the glory of God. And then on the 17th, we're going to install all of our building signs, man. Come on. So excited. So excited about that. Uh, so, so let me just say this. Let me just say this. Because um, uh, some of y'all came prepared to give, and y'all thought y'all going to get out here without the offering. Ha! The devil is alive. Come on, somebody. Listen, here at Converge Church, there's never any pressure to give. But we invite you to participate. Uh, in what God is doing here, right? So let me just say this. All of your gifts, big and small, big and small, every gift has made a difference. Every single gift has made a difference, right? And so we celebrate you as you sow into this ongoing miracle. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, 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 you know, our outdoor signs, big ticket items, Guy. Speaking of which, everybody show your love for my dude, man. Guy Fernandez. Listen. Let's stand up and wait for a second. Yeah, yeah, Guy Fernandez. We go way back, and the reason I wanted him to stand is because he is a diehard Giants fan, and the Cowboys play the Giants. You're in hostile territory. Oh, hold up, we got another Giants fan over there. Oh. We got three Giants. We got four Giants fans in the buildings. In the building. Oh man, this is crazy. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, guys here, but listen, let me show some love. Let me show some love to our Converge online family all the way from Arkansas, y'all. Whoa, Pig Suey, they're in the house. Phil and Cheryl White are in the house. Brian White's parents, all the way, all the way. And you're all the way from Waxahachie, man. So this is pretty cool. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, on your way out, if you came prepared to give, the ushers are going to be at the door. I've already instructed them not to let you out until you give your offering. Yeah, Pastor Jesse's at that door. Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army, Ranger, retired. He knows how to karate chop you all the way up and put you to sleep. So, no, 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 all jokes aside. But listen, uh, there, there are just some people who have just gone over and above with their generosity. And, and so we want to acknowledge Chuck and Sabrina. Thank you guys so much. Uh, because of their gift, because of their gift, uh, all of the signs are paid off. And, 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 and let me just say, put that in perspective. Uh, we mentioned Malak, she donated significantly to that, but Chuck and Sabrina uh, donated significantly, significantly to that, specifically to that. Listen, that was a $38,000 ticket item for those three signs that we're going to put out there. It ain't cheap, y'all. But God has been moving through his people. And again, let me just say this. I told y'all last week or two weeks ago, that God said, Ray, you talk to the people, you talk to me about the need, and I will talk to my people about their part in meeting the need. Again, unsolicited, God moved on Chuck and Sabrina, and they were able to get, get us over the hump with their generosity. Thank you guys so much. Why don't you stand as we are dismissed?
Listen to me. Uh, thank you guys for your generosity and your kindness. We're excited about all God is doing now. More importantly, about what he's going to do next. And listen, I am equally as excited to celebrate these miracles that God is going to do as he answers these prayers. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name. Why don't you raise your hands as I bless you. Our Father, I thank you that you bless and keep your people. That God, you make your countenance shine upon us. That God, you would be gracious to us and you give us peace in our going, in our coming, in our rising up, in our sitting down. Father, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, highly favored in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchwearconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.